People change in life for two reasons. Inspiration and desperation. When someone is inspired to change, it's usually because they have found someone they want to emulate or something in life they want to hit a goal or pursue something different in their lives because of that. They want to reach that that status or reach that place in life. And the other one is desperation. And people that change out of desperation, they're saying, I can no longer live like this. I am getting into a deeper place in my life and I can't keep going down that path. I worked in years in the in addiction recovery. I still do some of that work. But I remember a gentleman who was told by his doctor, if you drink again, you will likely die. Like your body no longer can can take the abuse of alcohol. If you drink, you will die. That guy was changing out of desperation because he wanted to avoid the negative consequences coming his way with continued behavior. Today's guest, not alcohol-related, let's make that clear, mental health-related, though. Amanda Collier, and I've shared some of her stuff before in her story. It's, it, I really connected with it when I read her blog, and I, and I knew I had to get her on the podcast to share her powerful voice with you, uh, because she was sitting in, she's going to tell it to us, but she's sitting in a doctor's office with her children, not even for herself, and that place of desperation over the years and years of remaining silent and screaming from the inside, but never getting it on the outside, um, it was too much. And so she finally opened her mouth and her emotions and she asked the question, you know, how can I get some help? How can I get some help for myself? And I think so many of us, especially right now, relate to that. I had to get her on here and allow you to hear what she has to say. And she's got some pretty cool things um, happening now because of it. So let's just get into the episode. Um, I hope you guys really consider if you, if you have before, I, I thank you for sharing and spreading, you know, the episodes that we put out here. Um, but if you haven't make it this one, this one, this one needs to be heard by other people. This is somebody that I think most of us are going to relate with when it comes to um, seeking change out of desperation and then turning it into inspiration for others because she's doing some amazing things. So um, just as a side note, you guys, there are some national hotlines that are available to everybody if you're going through, you know, through some some type of discomfort and um, just in that desperation place. Um, and one is the, is the National Sexual Assault Hotline, 1-800-656-4673. There are sadly some, some we're seeing some increase in numbers in domestic violence and sexual assaults during this quarantine time. And so if you need some help and some support, reach out to that, that sexual assault hotline. The Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. That is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And then the Domestic Violence and Intimate Partner Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. I'm going to put those in my show notes. 
along with all things that Amanda's up to and what she's what she's putting out into the world right now um, so that you can stay connected to her voice, the voices of others that she's helping um, just give that platform to. And uh, with all that said, you guys stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy, um, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Greatest Day Podcast. My name is Craig Smith, your host and the creator of the Greatest Day Mindset. This podcast is all about helping you gain the tools and the insights you need to shift your focus in life and begin living each day to the fullest. The Greatest Day Mindset is a lifestyle. It's a way of living each and every day with a positive attitude. It's choosing to be happy and live life with energy, no matter your current situation or circumstances in life. Today truly is the only day you and I have to live, shape, and create who it is we want to become. So choose to make today the greatest day of your life. Welcome back to another episode of the Greatest Day Podcast. And I'm pretty sure I say this every single time I push record, um, but I'm really excited for this episode. Um, this is a this is kind of a different approach, different type of guest than I've than I've had before. Um, and we're gonna learn all about her and, and why she's here anyway. But there is a big there's a big push and a big need right now just in the world for mental health support and uh, just people trying to survive and, and get through the chaos that we're all going through. And I really don't talk much about it or even share or post anything about it because as you know, if you've been here before you or follow me in any way, you know that I really drive in an intentional direction of what I want to create in, in life and help people push towards. Um, but we need to stop and slow down and really recognize that there's a big need for people to connect and have a connection for their mental health and their mental wellness. And so we have Amanda Collier. I said, right? That's correct. And um, she has this, you know, little thing called village that she has created and she's going to teach us all about it, but it's just that it's, it's, um, it's this place of community and connection in the mental health world. I'll shut up and let her do all the talking about it. Thank you so much really for coming on the show and, and giving us your time and, and to share what you're up to. Of course. I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> um, I'm just one voice and so are you. And, and, but as we keep putting them together, we're going to, we're going to make some noise in the mental health world um, combined with everyone else. And that's kind of the goal. So wouldn't you say like to talk to that, talk to that point for a second. Yeah. I mean, I feel like right now there's this huge need, but also there's a huge shift um, for mental health awareness. And that is the goal. Like people who struggle with mental illness don't want to do it alone. You know, we want to be heard and we want it to be okay. And I say we, because I do struggle with mental illness. So, um, yeah, I just think that is the goal. We want, you know, it to be okay to be mentally ill. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And I love all the we's. And, um, I think that probably speaks into just the name village anyway, right. Is, 
is we and the community and, and togetherness. Um, but I love just over the years, I picked up a new, just, just a different way to look at it. And, and it's like the mental wellness. We all have physical wellness. We all have mental wellness. And one in five of us are going to actually get a name connected to the symptoms that we have. But we all have the symptoms of something. We all have the up days and the down days and the, the sad days and um, my heart's really pounding days and I don't really know what to call that thing. So we all have the wellness. Um, I think we're just getting, one thing I've loved about, it feels weird to say that, but loved about um, the virus and what it's done is I think it's really magnified mental wellness or the need for mental illness focus. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I totally agree. I think that a lot of people are experiencing, like you said, everybody experiences mental wellness, right? Or mental health. Um, and I think the, the whole coronavirus has really um, given us all time to kind of understand the anxieties and, you know, the fears that come along with the unknown. And that's something that people who struggle with mental illness deal with on the daily, you know? Yeah. So it kind of has created some understanding also between the mentally ill and the mentally well. So I really think, yeah, it's been great. The under, oh, you're spot on. The, the understanding I, I felt just witnessing this and seeing it um, and have people reach out to me um, for those maybe just joining or finding the podcast more recently. I, I'm a trained and work professionally as a therapist. I do many other things, but I'm a licensed therapist by, by profession. And so when people have reached out to me, it's like, I finally know what to call this thing because my neighbor now talks about it. And my friend who, who has had this finally gives it a name and, and it's called anxiety and I've never known about it. And actually it's called panic. It's even higher than anxiety. Like, so it's really cool to see, just, just hear people speak more about it. You have a story as well. Um, you don't have to go all the way into it, but I would love for people to hear, and this is why I reached out. I remember when you started this, this um, village platform, you put your story up, and we're going to link, obviously, all that stuff up. People need to read your blog. I think yours is a three-part. Is that am I right? Yeah, it's pretty long. It's pretty lengthy. Hey, but it is... I've read it a few times and every single time um, I kind of feel it right now, actually, my heart is like, my heart's like picking up. I can feel it. <laughs> part one, part one is so powerful. Um, tell us about like just what kickstarted just all of this stuff. Okay. Um, growing up, I noticed certain things. My earliest memory of anxiety is, uh, I don't even remember how old I was, but as a young child, I remember a piece of paper flying out of my grandpa's car and I cried and I cried and I worried for that piece of paper and it stressed me out because I didn't know where it was going. And I made my poor grandpa get out and chase after it because I was so worried to the point where I was physically ill because I didn't know what was going to happen to that piece of paper. Right. And then as time went on, I had lots and lots of experiences like that. Um, even like in school when 
I got my first A minus. I remember like feeling so guilty and so ashamed and so much anxiety about what that was going to do for my future. Just all this worry. And, you know, I felt like I shouldn't be worrying this much. I shouldn't be this scared or when bad things happened, um, I would be like super scared to say anything because we were raised in a household where, and I mentioned this in the blog too, conceal, don't feel Mm -hmm. like feelings. We don't go there. Uh, We don't want people to see us as weak. We don't want people to know what goes on behind closed doors. If you're struggling, suck it up. Um, And, and I just, I felt like that was normal. I was raised to think it was normal. And so everything that I felt as a child or everything that I went through, I just kind of kept it all in. Didn't do myself any favors, but um, yeah. So it was pretty, pretty tough thing growing up and not being able to talk to anybody about these certain events that happened in my life. The need was there for sure. We all have that but the permission was never granted. Right. Exactly. And I, I also had this need, I mean, to be perfect, you know, perfectionism. I didn't want people to see me and be like, Oh, she is something else. Like (laughs) she's crazy. Or why is she acting that way? Or why does that make her sad? You know, the fear of what people would think also kind of built on um, the, the concealing of my feelings. So I always like to um, relate it to Princess Elsa because, you know, she's taught conceal, don't feel. And it just really resonates with me, like her whole message. But and what, anyway. And what happened to her? What happened I mean, to her? She broke free. <laughs> but the first time it came out, the first time she allowed it to come out, what, like she didn't know how to control it. It was... And she was scared. It scared her. Scared, yes. That's a beautiful example, by the way. That I love that because it really does speak to it. We're not, we weren't given permission, right? You and so so many more, so many of us. um, Like, what are these things? We don't even know what to name them, let alone feel them and express them and seek help for them. Like, it's such a different place um, now, now having walked through some of that stuff. But, but like her, we don't need to stick on Elsa the whole time, but, but, but like her, like it's so, it's scary and messy and, and the only way to learn about it is that we just go through it and, and we figure it out. Yeah. And it's hard though, when like, just like Elsa, she hides from it. You know, she's afraid of hurting people around her. She's afraid of what people are going to think or that her true self will show. She doesn't want her, you know, she doesn't want people to see her. So that's kind of how I felt like as I got older and I experienced some more things, heartbreaking things, good things um, that really just shaped who I am today. But going through them, I didn't want people to see how it affected me at all. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was fearful that it would hurt them or it would hurt me even more. Mm. That, that protector role. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let me, can I, let me read this. Okay. <clears throat> the day I took my, back my life. That day, it is a day that I will always remember, a milestone in my mental health journey, which is why I want to take you there, back to that day. The day I finally decided I was no longer willing to be a prisoner to my brain. 
the day I decided I was finally going to take back my life, I was finally going to fight the darkness that had controlled me for so long. Today was going to be the day. That's the best beginning to a blog I've ever read, by the way. Okay. So powerful. And it makes me all emotional just hearing it, especially hearing someone else read it. But yeah. So powerful. Tell us about, like, like people are listening and um, tell us about that day. You're going to read it. You just need to go on. Just They need to go on and just read this, and they will. Everyone's going there. I know it. But tell us about that day. Like, what's, what's next in this, in this story? Okay, so leading up to that day, darkness, you know, isolation, just feelings that things were never going to get better. And once I realized that it wasn't just affecting me, it was affecting my husband. It was affecting my children. It was affecting my family, my relationships with all of these people. I, I just felt like I didn't want to do that anymore. And I, you know, I did it for myself. I, I was sick of not knowing who I was and not being happy with who I was. And that's one of the most frustrating things is being, you know, with being a prisoner to my brain, I just felt like I had no control over my, my life and I hated it. So that day I'm in the doctor's office with my, my girls who are at our family practitioner's office. And, um, I'm working up the courage to say, I need help. Um, and you know, up until this point, I hadn't really had the experience when I ha had opened up to somebody where they understood what I was going through. So I was really scared and I was having this mental battle with myself. Do I, do I say something now or do I just keep it in, you know? And, um, which you're so used was, to by this point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I, years of practice of just shutting up years of practice and pretending that everything's okay. And I had, I really had reached a breaking point. I knew that I deserved better. I needed to treat myself better. And I knew that my family members also deserved better. And so I'm sitting in that doctor's office and I'm going back and forth and the doctor wraps up her business. We're about to head out. And I just took a breath. And I said, this, this is it. It's now or never. And, you know, it took a lot to build up that courage to admit that I had, um, that there was something bigger than I could handle on my own. And so I, I just said, the doctor was like, do you have anything else? And I took a deep breath and I was like, oh, actually, yeah, I do. And I said, who would I talk to? I remember this so vividly. Who would I talk to? about um getting medication for depression and anxiety and the floodgates open and i just started crying like i couldn't even breathe um and she just okay hold on hold on okay okay i'm waiting <laughs> first of all i need to catch my breath um and i hold i think i hold my breath every time i read that part too because I think I feel it. I think a lot of people listening are, can feel that too. That's what drew me in when I read your blog the first time was like, you just gave millions of people, like you just told their story. You told the story of 
every single person being in a place of, okay, this is it. Like, this is the, I'm going to get help. I'm going to, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. And you'd already lived that many times over. I know that because you're human, like the rest of us. So yeah, you lived it as a kid. You lived as a teen a few hundred times. You lived as a young adult. But today was going to be a different outcome because you were actually going to open your mouth and just let whatever comes out. So what, what happens um, on this side of things as, as a clinician when somebody calls, um, calls me anyway, I know that place that they're at is, is that breaking point. It's that point of I've thought about, I've thought about reaching out seriously for like the last year but probably the last 10 and I finally did something today. So I make it a goal upon myself. This isn't like good job, Craig, you're, you're awesome. But um, I make sure I get that person into my office as quickly as I possibly can. Cause we're trying to capture a fire that, that they finally acted on. So what happens next is so important to you because the way this doctor responds either invalidates your, bravery and courage and says, you know what, lady, I'm here for your kids. Keep just, just be quiet, please. Or, and here's what happened. So this so. is exactly what happened. Yes. This was a turning point. She, for the first time in my life, made me feel understood. She made me feel important. Mm-hmm. She didn't make me feel crazy. I didn't feel crazy. And it was such a relief a relief that I had yearned for, for a really long time. And yeah, I'm super emotional about it because this was my turning point. And she said, she asked me if I was comfortable talking with with my girls there. Obviously at this point, I couldn't even talk because I was so emotional. And she said, well, I, she said, you can come back tomorrow. And she said, actually, I'm off tomorrow. And she said, but you know what? It's okay. She said, go tell the receptionist to schedule you what time works for you. She scheduled an appointment for me and I went back the next day. So yeah, she, she definitely made the time for me. She made me feel like this thing that I was experiencing was real. It wasn't made up. Um, I didn't have to be ashamed. And she wanted me to get help just as much as I wanted help. She, she saw the opportunity in the moment as well. And thankfully, right? Thankfully, we're not, <clears throat> that's not a previous chapter way back in your story that says, and, th- and then I held it in for 10 more years. Yeah. Like, I tried to talk myself into it, though. The whole way home from the doctor's office, I was like, like, it's so weird because I felt so many things. First, I felt this huge weight lifted off my chest. Like people say that all the time, but I really did. Like I felt so much lighter. I felt like my secret was out. I wasn't concealing anymore and I was still alive. (laughs) And, but then on the way home, I'm like, I'm an idiot. What did I just do? Why did I tell her? Like now I'm going to have to face all of these things. I'm going to have to tell my husband that I'm not okay, which he already knew. <laughs> um, had you been had open it. with him to this point like that? Um, not like that. I He knew something was up. I mean, we'd had some struggles and, you know, with our families and also in our marriage. Yeah. Um, 
he had, you know, with just trust issues and things due to some decisions. But um, I, when I would open up to him, he would be like, why are you worrying about that? Like, don't worry about that. That would never happen. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yes, it is going to happen because my mind says it is. And I like, I have like 15 different ways that this one scenario is going to play out because that's just my brain. (laughs) Um, And so I, I actually opened up to my husband and my mom and both of them kind of reacted the same way. They had no idea the extent of what I was going through inside. Um, I'm sure they knew something was up, but because they didn't really experience it the way that I did, they didn't understand or know how to respond to my fears or my sadness. So, so I think it's important for people listening to get this, like really get this. Um, you didn't, you didn't drive home with feeling hopeful and optimistic and like excited about what was to come. And, and like, here it is, like my life is going to be like, awesome. This is great. That was, those were not your feelings. No, and not even to the next day. I remember I had a friend who did encourage me to go to the doctor. She would make, she lives in Canada and she would always tell me, okay, if you don't go to the doctor by this day and tell them, then I'll come down and go with you. Because I would always make up excuses and tell her, oh, I didn't have time or, oh, um, I, I can't go alone or, you know, just one excuse after another, because in reality, I didn't want to face what was really going on. Um, so I did text her on the way home and I told her the same thing I told you. I felt like an idiot. Crap. What did I just do? Like, I do not want to go back to the doctor. I don't want to have to tell people there's something wrong with me. I don't, my kids are like, why are you crying mom? (laughs) Why aren't you happy? We're fine. We're healthy. And I'm like, I'm not, you know? So yeah, it was definitely not an exciting drive home. (laughs) Just side note, when people ask that, like, well, what's wrong? Do you know why? Like, can you answer that all the time? No. No. For example, and so just even last night, for example, I just have, you know, my emotions are going crazy right now. And I um, was thinking about my best friend who had passed away and I was very emotional. And my little girl was saying a prayer before bed and I started crying and she's like, what's wrong, mom? And I was like, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell her. And that's, I don't, I don't know when people would say, Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. Fine. You know, I'm, I'm, fine. I'm fine. And then it got to the point where, um, I couldn't pretend anymore. So I would make up excuses not to go places because if they said, how are you doing or what's wrong, then I would cry and then they would know something was really wrong. So anyway, yeah, I definitely didn't and still don't know how to answer that all of the time. We don't. I, we don't. I have had multiple sessions over the last week and it's like, you know, we're such a, we're so complex just, just as people that, and we don't even have to, we don't have to name it. We just have to know I don't like I'm not okay and and that's okay to place to be like I'm crying and you know my your daughter asks you it's like you know my body has some tears that just need to get rid of it you know that's exactly that's yeah. tonight so that's okay I'm just feeling it lately <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just feeling I'm in the, I'm in the moment so exactly. you did in your blog you did um, she did tell you oh no no we're not there yet because you go back the next day 
You did go back. I did go back. And I didn't want to. <laughs> the drive was what? Like turn around. Okay, never mind. Go again. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I um my husband obviously had to take off work because she didn't want me to have to talk in front of my kids, right? Um, and so that meant I had to tell my husband why I was going back to the doctor. Um, and I woke up that morning, sick to my stomach, did not want to go, tried to talk myself out of it several times on the way there. I did. I pulled off on the side of the road, like, I'm not going, you know, the doctor's office is 10, 15 minutes from where I lived. And I, it probably took me like 45 minutes to get there just because, I had to talk myself into going. I had to drag myself yeah. to the doctor. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, you get there and you do this, and there's a reason we're spending so much time just on this buildup, because I think this is the place that most of us get. And it's not wrong or right, but we, it's scary, and, and we turn away, and we, and we don't. So I want to hear people... I want people to hear your your power in that moment because it's not always pretty and it's not it's not the greatest experience and it's not filled with joy and there's some relief but it's not even positive yet. But your but your doctor or your children's doctor she said, you know, you're gonna look back in a year from now and and ask yourself like why didn't I do this sooner? I always wondered when I read that. A year later, did you look back and ask that? Like, did yeah, 100%. And you know, obviously, like, it's something that I still struggle with. It's not like I'm magic, magically cured of anxiety and depression, you know. Um, but I have several times those words have replayed in my mind. Why didn't you go sooner? You know, she promised me, she said, I, she looked me in the eyes and she promised me, I promise you a year later, you'll look back and ask yourself, why didn't I do that sooner? It's yeah. exactly what she said. And I, I do feel that way. Every time, you know, I, I'm able to work through something in a healthy way, and yeah. communicate with my husband to let him know what's going on or little things like that. I'm like, man, I've changed. Why didn't I do that sooner? But I just wasn't ready. I want to encourage I mean, this is for you too, Amanda, but I want to encourage people listening to trash that question. I'm not a fan of the question. I, like, I'm, I don't mind she asked it. I don't care. But my, my perspective on it is because. I didn't do it sooner because. Because I wasn't ready. <laughs> like, even more than I wasn't ready, I needed to do it this day. Because if I did it sooner... I wouldn't have had a lady like you. I assume she was, it was a woman. Yes. I wouldn't have had a person like you to receive it the way you did. That's why I didn't do it sooner. Cause I, I couldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to go to the next place that I need to get to because your ears wouldn't have been involved. So I just challenge people to like, think about the circumstances in your life now and, and no more questioning the timing. Like no more. It's just because this is the way this is the way that's going to set me up for the next best day of my life. The next, the next place I need to be, this is how it had to happen. That's why that's the answer because so no more, we don't question, we don't question timing anymore things. We just, we just look at the place and say, if this is the way it happened right now, 
how am I going to make the most of it? And then we step forward into the next courageous place. So the unknown, <laughs> the unknown into the unknown. We're just going to break out in frozen songs tonight. Right. Wait, is that? Into, yeah, that's awesome. All right. All right. <laughs> I watch those all the time. You think I really know. So now you're going to think of me every time. <laughs> I am. You just put a brain tattoo. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, so tell us about, um, village. So now what are you doing with all of this? You did the dirty work for years and years and years. You get some help, you reach out numerous times, but then, okay, cool. I'm taking this on. And now you're at a place of, of something bigger. That's right. Um, let's see where to start with all of this. I, one of my biggest things that I struggled with um, until I actually admitted to myself that I had a problem <laughs> or that I had an illness, not a problem, um, was that I didn't know who I was. Um, I felt very alone. I felt I had no purpose. Um, as I'm sure many people with or without mental illness feel, you know, I, I really just lost a sense of myself and who I was and what I wanted in life, um, I just felt lost. So when I say I decided to take my life back or take back my life, um, I really meant it. I really have put myself in some very uncomfortable situations, just trying to figure out who I am again. And so I went to conferences, I went to retreats, I went to the Pinners Conference of all places, and I went all by myself. What's that for people who don't know? Pinner's Conference is, if you've heard of Pinterest, where everybody pins their cool things that they make or quotes or whatever. Anyway, Pinner's Conference um, is where a bunch of people get together and you can take classes, you can shop. It's just, it's a weekend full of classes basically so I came across it on yeah it's really fun I came across it um earlier in the week and it was that following weekend and I was like okay I should do this but I didn't want to go alone but I was like okay if you're gonna find yourself <laughs> you got to put yourself out there so I ended up going by myself I bought the ticket I went to several classes I think I went to like six classes a day over that weekend went to things like watercolor, just things that, you know, piqued my interest. I went and I listened to motivational speakers. I went to hair and makeup classes. And then I went to a party planning course. It was party planning on a budget because I love a good party. <laughs> I can throw a good themed party, right? So it's something that made me happy. So I went to this class um, and the presenter had the opportunity to sign up for her party planner academy. So I signed up for that. Um, I went through all of that. And then one thing led to another and I went to another class about um, finding my purpose, living intentionally, all of that stuff. And I'm like, okay, I can plan a good party, but that doesn't make me feel fulfilled, right? Oh, so that, that's the word. <laughs> Anytime somebody says that word, I like, we got to stop and like capitalize it. Fulfillment. <laughs> not that makes me happy. Not that you did the happy thing for years and years and years. 
yeah the outside happy the inside for sure so i love that you just use the word fulfilled because that's what we're after we're after fulfillment okay exactly so i parties made me happy <clears throat> events make me happy but like i said i wasn't fulfilled so i was like how like my i'm passionate about mental health i want people to know that it's okay if your mind is sick I want people to know that it's okay that my mind is sick. Doesn't make me any less of a person. And if I feel that way, then I want others who are experiencing this, you know, the same thing to feel the same way that they are okay, that it's okay to be sick. Doesn't make you weak. Doesn't make you any less of a person. Like I said. Um, so I was like, how can I bring these two things together? Event planning which makes me happy, mm -hmm. but living my life intentionally, you know, finding my purpose. I love helping other people. That is what makes me happy. So taking my experience with mental illness and my journey um, through it, how could I make, how could I get these all together? You know? So I had this idea in the works for about a year and a half. Um, I didn't really want to, nail anything down until we came up with the perfect name and one night i was uh talking with my husband about how he's a brander <laughs> he does graphic design so he walked me through the process that he would any of his clients and he asked me some pretty deep questions and um i just wanted the name to be perfect. I want it to be all encompassing. Anyway, so we came up with village. I explained to him that mental illness feels like you're on an island, that when you are stranded and screaming for help, nobody hears you. But it's also interesting because you're the one that puts your, yourself on that island, right? There's the stigma that gets you there around mental illness, but then there's also, for example, I... Um, I acted in a way that pushed people away that I loved. Like my reaction to my mental illness um, was to shut people out. So in a way, I put myself on that island and I needed to get off, but I couldn't do it by myself. So in all of that discussion, we came up with the name Village. And um we didn't call it my village because it's not my village. We didn't call it the village because it's not the only village. Um, we just called it village because in reality, it takes a village to overcome your mental health struggles. So yeah, that's where that came in. And we actually, um, village exists to help. <clears throat> I'll just read this. It, we exist to help those who struggle with mental illness, rediscover, reconnect, and rebuild relationships with themselves and those around them. So yeah, that's how we came up with Village. That's what we're doing now. And eventually we'll do, um, we want to have events and things so that I can, you know, bring in my love of event planning, um, all while helping other people. Um, you know, I'm already in whatever that looks like in the future. Of course. <laughs> Anything, you know, that I can do as a community provider in the mental health field. I mean, I I'm in it. We've already done a few things and, and things that people don't even know about yet <clears throat> that they'll they'll get a taste of soon. But I'm I'm in. 
I'm in. This is so powerful from the intentionality of the word, of, of the name, to the, honestly the colors. Like, like everything flows. I mean, I'm not surprised now that I know that's what your husband does. but <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of meaning behind it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Be, because it's because it's important and because you've lived it you you have a different voice a different perspective just to to bring people into village um, and have that connection and it's it's the reason why um, me 10 seconds into looking at your site and reading the first blog I was like that I'm like I'm in like I need I'm, I'm <laughs> I am village. So I love how you're describing, like people need to just hit pause, rewind, go back like five minutes and just soak in everything that, that Amanda just said from the description of mental illness, from the feeling of like isolation. It's deeper than that. Alienation, like just aloneness and, and anyone who's followed me for any amount of time knows that I love ownership. When you, when you take ownership the way you just talked about it, like I put myself there. That, that, that island? Oh, yeah, I rode myself out there. Yeah, yeah. The plane, with the, I, I jumped off at the right time to put myself there by myself. Like once you do that, you now take back the power to do something different about it. If someone else puts you there, you're going to be seeking them out to, to save you. And we do that a lot in our lives, in our marriage, in our, in our mental health. In, in so many ways, we're like, somebody please rescue me. But nobody's rescuing us. We put us in, in that position with other like-minded people experiencing many, many of the same things. And then, and then Village is born. And then here we go. Right now, we've got the power. We've got the voice. We've got the empowerment. Um, I love it. I love it. What, what more do you want to say about it? Um, I think it's important just, um, I've talked a lot about my husband and my daughters and how they were a big part of my breaking, my turning point, not my breaking point. Um, just because it's important, something I didn't realize throughout my many years of struggle is that it affects other people too. And uh, I didn't realize it at the time but now looking back i see a lot of you know the struggle that they went through as well i'm here describing being on an island um feeling alone and just hurting and calling for help but my family members my friends are doing the exact same thing and they have no idea why you know i because i'm struggling and the way i respond and at the time i didn't feel like i could control it um but I see the damage that was done to them. So I feel like it's important just to say village is not just for people who struggle with mental illness. It's also for people who are affected by other people's mental illness. And I think that's important. You know, we kind of, one of our big goals with village is to bridge the gap between the mentally ill and the mentally well. Uh, My husband likes to call it secondhand mental illness that he (laughs) struggles with, you know, just because, he went through a lot because of what I was going through and he thought I hated him and 
just didn't really understand. So there's just a lot of misunderstanding um, that goes on, I think, that is something that we want to address in Village so that that's where, you know, we mend relationships with other people. It's just making them know that it's not you, it's me. Like you hear that all the time, right? But no, I don't hate you. My brain makes me do these things, <laughs> you know, and uh, I really actually do love you and appreciate you. But um, yeah, so Village is, is definitely going to be a place to heal relationships as well. It already has for me. So yeah, yeah. I love the illustration, like just the visualization I get when you talk about the island and you put yourself there, but then you bring in the fact that, yep, you're on this island, but you're also still a, a wife and a mother and a C, D, E, F. Like you're still all these things and these people need and want you and you're on this island way over here. So absolutely people are, are affected by it. Um, and they don't know how to, they don't know how to respond. They don't know how to act or they don't know how to read your code or your, you know, mind read to be like, Oh, that anger that she's showing or that agitation. No, no, no. That's, that's just super overwhelmed from, you know, the macaroni and cheese got burnt to the bottom of the pan. <laughs> and, then, and then you're like, you lose it over that. And you're like, what? Yeah. You know, so helping people understand and, and, it's amazing that Brian's like, he's right in it because he's right in it. Yeah. He's right in it. Just like all of our family members and, and our friends and our kids. And so, um, you guys got it. You, you guys, you guys definitely have the, uh, the approach here and, and it's going to be big. It's going to be powerful. It's, it's building already. There's more blogs on there. People need to go read more, more stories that are on there to you posted something today, which was, amazing i reached out to that guy and just said thank you to him like it he's it's so awesome right it's it's awesome it's awesome to just get more voices behind all of all of this because it's it's that and we've heard the arguments forever right like nobody shames you for going to get your leg fixed when you break it or you know you gotta yeah. get your teeth checked and, and no one's standing outside making fun of you for that and and you don't even feel that you don't feel bad going to the dentist you don't feel you don't feel shame going to the doctor to, you know, be like, sprain my ankle. I might need that x-rayed, <clears throat> you know, but we also need our heart x-rayed. We, we need our, we need our brain, both, I guess, figuratively, figuratively and, and um, literally like we need our brains looked at sometimes and just, you know, empty some of that stuff out to lay it on the table and say, okay, hey, now, now we got some things we can do here. For sure. Yeah. And it, you know, it's been really interesting too. Uh, we launched a month ago, we launched in May because it was Mental Health Awareness Month. And it has been so just overwhelming, but in a good way, the response that we've received from people, um, constant emails and stories of, hey, like, thank you so much for sharing your story. It gave me the courage I needed to whatever, you know, and I read these stories from people who submit them. Um, and it, it just blows me away the bravery and so many people like, I don't know, it's, it's almost contagious talking about it because I share my story, then he feels okay to share his story. And it's a domino effect. It just, people feel like, Hey, if they can do it, I can do it too. And it's empowering and it's liberating 
And it's just, it's incredible. And it's funny because I, I think about it as like a village army, like we're this army that we're going to tackle, you know, this mental health stigma or mental illness. Anyway, it's just been so incredible. It's already been rewarding. And we said, you know, before we even launched, if we help one person to feel understood, that's all that matters. And we've been able to connect with several people and hear several stories and, you know, it's just, it's all worth it. Yeah. So. Well, I, I remember launch day and, um, and I read your blog and I think I messaged, I must've messaged you like a few seconds after. And I said, I don't know that, you know, I can't remember exactly what I said, but something like, I don't know if you understand or know, like, like what you just put in that blog, you are a, like, you're about to make something big happen with people and them needing an outlet to like say, Oh, it's okay for me to say my story too. I just remember just reading it and being like, this is one of those, like, I just, I feel it like I'm like, I'm some expert. I'm not, but I'm just saying I felt it inside. Like this is what people need. And I can say it even my personal stuff, but but it's something a little different being, being on the therapies. It's like being the therapist to be like, it's okay. Like everyone should be in therapy. You're like, yeah, of course. Like you're just trying to book me. Well, I am. Come in. Let's, <laughs> I got big emotional hugs for you here. Let's work it through. But, but it's a different thing when you do it. And, and, and I'm not surprised to hear the response and it's, you're, it's just getting started. I know. I'm so it, excited. Where does it go? You mentioned like, you mentioned like events and um, mental health party this and, and you know, so what, what is that? What do you guys have like a big vision for? Oh yeah. Our vision is um, first. So my husband's creating a course um, to find, help people find their identity and their purpose. He's really good at that <laughs> obviously. And so he's doing that course. Um, and we also want to do events, educational events, where we bring in people, therapists, um, uh, people who struggle with mental illness, you know, that kind of thing, and just have like keynote speakers, just educational things, opportunities for people to really <clears throat> just be educated, overcome the stigma. That's what this is about, right? Like, it's okay if your brain is sick, yeah. let's get you help, <laughs> you know? Uh, we also want to eventually do re retreats like the ones that I've been to. We're just helping people really discover themselves and yeah, yep. it's going to be great. We're so you mean, we, you mean we will eventually do retreats? Yes, of course. And you know, one of my big parts of my healing was Disneyland. So there are some Disneyland retreats in store. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Oh, like yeah. those are already in the works. So all right. Disneyland is the happiest place on earth, right? <laughs> uh, I've, been told, I've been told that. I have fun, but it's, it's been a minute. I uh, this is awesome. I think we, Amanda, really, we could talk for like the next four days for sure. Right. Um, people who want, who want to be able to share their stories, um, like speak to them. Like, hey, send it this way. Um, okay, so I think it's important to remember also that um, you need to be ready to share your story. Um, and so we try not to force people, you know, into sharing their story. Um, hey, everybody's doing it. You should do it too. 
we have a place on our website. It's ourvillagecommunity.com, and I think you're going to link it, um, that people can go, and there's just a place where you can share your story. And you can share your story just to us, which is a huge step. Um, you can say, hey, we want to share your, my story publicly, and we'll share it publicly. We'll give you that outlet. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, it's very empowering and it's very liberating. So, so people can, when they go to the site, there's a, they can share it, but it doesn't necessarily mean this is going to make it public. Right. It can just be that beginning outlet place. Yes. A place where the story will fall on someone's ears and there's so much power in, in getting it outside of us. Like, that's probably the, the greatest part um, of therapy for me is when I get to see someone like, like your moment, like in the doctor's office, like say that thing and do or don't vomit at the same time. But, but cause it's so scary and courageous, but, but just to be able to do that, it's like, I just took away power, some of the power to what this has had a hold of me. I just took some of that away by opening my mouth or by typing. Exactly on the on the page or by clicking send it was like both sickening and empowering and re and some <laughs> but so that's good to know like like you guys can you guys can go over to their site share some share all share deep stuff like um get it outside of get it outside of you but then also and i'm going to link some of this stuff up too um is is go take the next step and and find someone to get some support through. Um, obviously, you know, a crisis and emergent type situations, um, there are national hotlines and state hotlines, you know, we're here in Utah, but um, you're probably listening from, you know, from somewhere else, but there's help everywhere. There's, there's willing ears to hear what you have to say and support you through this. Definitely not alone. So I'll put a whole bunch of, of links in there. What are you guys tied into any, any of that, like kind of resources or pointing people in directions for things? Yeah. So obviously we're not professionals. We're just people who are experiencing life. So we do have resource pages available. Um, yeah. So we can point you in the right direction. Can't treat you, but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. we can listen. No, it's good to know, you know, like, like people may share some things and it, and it might be pretty heavy, but this isn't, they're not reaching out to a trained professional. This is not a therapy thing. It's not a replacement for therapy. It's not, um, uh, it's just an avenue to, to share your voice and maybe right. empower just not yourself, but somebody else. So exactly. No, I love that. Okay. Hmm. I just, I, I feel so grateful and like, just, just for people like you, definitely you, just what you're doing and, and knowing because you live it, but, but knowing this is not just me like this, if I'm doing it and I've done it for 20 plus years, someone's doing it and maybe we can get to them before they reach that amount of time or so I just want to recognize you for your courage, like your bravery, stepping through the fire, so to speak, um, many times over and, and then doing something bigger with it for, a, for a much, much greater cause. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's why, it's why any of us want to be in the helping profession and, and, and see someone go on to make a, a big impact. And that's what you're doing. 
Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate your, your support too. Means of a lot. course, it's easy to support something that, that <laughs> there's some excitement behind it and, and passion and you've got those things. So, um, and it's good stuff. Yeah. So those listening, um, somebody needs to, somebody needs to hear Amanda. Someone needs to read her words for real, read her words. Um, but someone needs to hear this, this episode. Like someone is struggling. You may not know how to approach them or introduce this or say something. So just share the episode, post it on your Instagram tag. What is it? Village, our village community, our village community. Tag our village community and greatest day mindset. Um, but spread this, spread this message. This is one that, that cannot go unheard um, and just what they're doing. And then check out the show notes because I'm going to put a whole bunch of links in there for support for yourself, get you over to Village um, and just keep up with what they're doing because big things are coming. This is just the start. That's right. Good things are in store. <laughs> okay. We have a great feeling this is not the last time that we're talking. Um, on this platform. It's certainly not the last time we're going to talk, but maybe, maybe Brian's in the, in the future coming in here. And, uh, yes. Yeah. Getting that voice heard too. Uh, Cause that's a courageous side of things too. Okay. Well, if nothing else, let's get this out to the world. Sounds great. Let's do okay. it. Thank you for being here, you guys, and make today the greatest day of your life. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Day Podcast. Hopefully today's episode was informational and gave you something that will help you as you continue to improve your life, stay present, and make each day better than the last. As always, please share with anyone you feel may benefit from this podcast and share it on social media. You will find me on Instagram at Greatest Day Mindset. Come on over, give me a follow, and stay engaged with me there. Lastly, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and I'd really appreciate a review from you guys. Ultimately, this is what keeps the podcast alive and helps it to be advertised to other people. Thanks again so much for your support. We'll see you on the next episode, and as always, make today the greatest day of your life. Mm-hmm.